0: what is up everyone it's quinn here and in today's video i'm going to be going through my running back start sits for week two of the nfl season if you guys are new to my channel kind of new to the start sit video basically what i do i go through every single week to matchup. so i'll be talking about all 16 games talking about every single fantasy relevant running back so everyone that you have on your roster should be mentioned in this video i'm going to give them a designation as either a start fringe option or a sit If you're a start, that means I'd feel very confident throwing you into my lineup, whether you're gonna be my running back one or my running back two. If you're a fringe option, you know, maybe you could slide into a running back two spot if you're, you know, kind of feeling tight at the position or these are players that you could kind of be throwing into your flex. If you guys enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, helps me out a ton. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop them down below in the comment section. Just give me like the scoring format. If you're going to give me like a, you know, a start sit question or a trade question, just helps me uh, give you guys the best answer. And then also check out my wide receiver start sit video, which is going to be coming out today also. But let's jump right into it. Starting off with the Thursday night game, we have the Vikings taking on the Eagles and starting it off with the Vikings here. I have Alexander Madison listed As a start, his fantasy performance in week one was definitely saved by a touchdown. He was pretty inefficient both on the ground and through the air, but his usage in week one was pretty solid 73% of the snaps, uh, had a 55% Raw participation, and then he took 11 of the 14 running back carries. This overall video is going to be very focused in on like these running backs' usages. There was a lot of questionable backfields. We definitely got some answers moving forward. So if you're an Alexander Madison owner, Definitely good to see the role he had in Week One. This is going to be a tough matchup here against the Eagles, but I still think he's someone who could be started as like a fringe running back two week to week. We are just hoping for a bounce back here from this Vikings offense. Really struggled against the Bucks, which then in turn led to uh, you know Alexander Madison being pretty efficient in the first week of the season. Now moving over to the Eagles backfield. In week one, Kenneth Gainwell was operating as the clear RB1 for them. He had a 62% snap share, 42% route participation, which was even higher than DeAndre Swift, who was the guy that was you know, seemingly viewed as the most likely guy to be like their receiving option. He took 14 of the 16 running back carries. So I have him as a start. There's no guarantee he holds on to that role throughout the entire season, but this is one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. He didn't really get to like, capitalize that game with a huge fantasy performance just because it was like a gross weather game Eagles offense wasn't clicking, but if he can maintain that usage, he is definitely startable for fantasy. And then if you are someone who rosters DeAndre Swift, I wouldn't you know, be going out and just cutting him after week one. He's definitely not playable, at least as of now, but he was playing the running back two snaps. So there always is the chance that he's able to overtake Kenneth Gainwell at some point in the season. So I wouldn't panic and release him, but he's definitely not someone that you should be considering in your lineup here in week two. Now, moving over to the Sunday slate of games, we're gonna start off with the Packers taking on the Falcons. For the Packers here, we've got Aaron Jones a little bit banged up. I think it's pretty clear, you know, if Aaron Jones plays, he's definitely a start. Sitting A.J. Dillon just doesn't have the same juice or upside as Aaron Jones. If Aaron Jones is out, then I think you feel comfortable firing up A.J. Dillon Hopefully Aaron Jones gets healthy. I do think he said that if he um, you know, was forced to, he would have been able to return in week one. So hopefully it doesn't get worse throughout the week. Um, if he plays, he's definitely gonna be a start in your lineup. Then on the other side, we have the Falcons. And this was probably one of the more interesting backfields to look at after week one. Both these running backs were used very heavily in the first week. Bijan Robinson had a 63% snap share. Tyler Algier was at 55%. So they were using these guys together on the field at the same time. Bijan had an insane 82% Raw participation, which is elite, very high level at the running back position. Algier was also decently involved as a route runner, 45% Raw participation. We did see Tyler Algier lead this backfield in carries. He took 15 to Bijan's 10. We also saw Tyler Algier was in on all three of the goal line snaps, shared one of those snaps with Bijan Robinson, who was also in, but then we saw Bijan Robinson take the two-minute drill work. So early in the season, this is definitely somewhat of a committee. I think Bijan is gonna continue to work his way into Tyler Algier's touches throughout the season, and I still think Bijan is the better option in week two. I just think the receiving upside, you know, kind of gives him that edge over Tyler Algier. But Algier is definitely still relevant in this backfield. I have Bijan Robinson listed as a start. Would feel very confident throwing him into my lineup again. And then I have Tyler Algier listed as a fringe option. I could see an argument for him being listed as a start. Um, You know, like I said, I do think the case could be made. I have him as a fringe play here. Going up against the Packers, this is probably a game that should be competitive And we know that if the Falcons are in close game scripts, they're going to want to run the ball, which is going to get both of these running backs involved. So I definitely think they're both playable, even though they're going to be on the same roster. Now the next game, we have the Raiders taking on the Bills. And Raiders, pretty easy here, Josh Jacobs, Locked in workhorse, fire him up as a very strong start in your lineup. And then for the Bills, I was very interested in seeing what this offense looked like in week one, especially at the running back position. Obviously, they take the uh, Monday night loss to the Jets, but I think for James Cook, this was an overall very positive game. He took 59% of the snaps, he took 12 of the 15 running back carries. As expected, Damian Harris took the goal line snaps. There's only one, but he was the guy in there. The only kind of weird part of this game was Latavius Murray took all the two-minute drill snaps, and he wasn't super involved outside of that. I would have definitely expected James Cook to be the guy in there on the two-minute drill, so that's kind of weird. Um, Maybe he's able to earn that throughout the season, but even if he doesn't, um, he's still in a very strong role in this offense. This is an offense that should be very high scoring, down week one, but they should definitely write the ship, and I think he's someone that you should trust in your starting lineup moving forward. Next game, we have the Ravens taking on the Bengals, and unfortunately for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins tears his Achilles. Just a brutal injury, obviously, for the running back position, but also just a ton of tough luck for J.K. Dobbins. Tore the ACL. They needed the cleanup last season. It seems like every time he would get healthy, he was super efficient, obviously a super talented running back. Seems like we're just never going to get to see you know, his full potential, so that's very unfortunate. He was also dominating the snaps early on, so it looked like he was going to be a great pick. But after J.K. Dobbins left with injury, we saw Justice Hill and Gus Edwards split the opportunities pretty evenly. Um, in the game, Justice Hill played 19 snaps, Gus Edwards played 15, uh, Hill ran 7 routes, Edwards ran 5. Both of them saw eight carries. I think Justice Hill is kind of getting more hype as like a waiver wire pickup because he's the guy that scored two touchdowns. But I don't think this is a spot where he's like secured the goal line work. He took two goal line snaps. Gus Edwards took one. I think this is probably going to be somewhat of a gross committee. We saw it last year when J.K. Dobbins went down. Like this was not a backfield you wanted to touch week to week. They were just like, you know, filtering through all these veterans maybe one of these guys breaks out and operates as the clear number 1 but you know first week seeing these guys lead the backfield i would rather just kind of sit it out keep these guys on my bench really want to risk like a super gross committee i mean honestly like we saw once jk dobbins did go down on the other side with the Bengals, joe mixon very strong start if he can hold on to that rb1 role he's going to be a great option in your lineups moving forward in the next game we have the seahawks taking on the lions and heading into the season i was definitely someone who was much lower on kenneth walker than consensus i thought charbonnet was going to come in i thought he was going to eat into the workload specifically the receiving work and then also potentially on the goal line And Charbonnet barely made a dent in Kenneth Walker's workload here in week one. Kenneth Walker had a 64% snap share. He had a 59% route participation, which was the most surprising thing for me. It seemed like if you're going to go out and draft a uh, day two running back, a round two running back, after taking Kenneth Walker, you'd probably want to use him as a receiver since they didn't feel comfortable doing that with Walker last year but he was getting some receiving work. He took 12 of the 17 running back carries. His running back one role definitely seems very secure, at least early on in the season. We'll see if Charbonnet is kind of able to build on it, but definitely a good sign after week one if you did draft Kenneth Walker. On the other side with the Lions, I have both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery listed as starts. We definitely saw a very limited role for Jameer Gibbs in his first game. Dan Campbell kind of warned us about that a day or two before. Only a 27% snap share, seven carries, two targets. He was very efficient in those opportunities that he did get. And then for David Montgomery, he logged a very impressive uh, 21 carries. I do think Jameer Gibbs' workload is going to continue to increase week after week, and I do think he's going to be startable just due to his efficiency and having some really nice receiving upside. As Jameer Gibbs kind of eats into Montgomery's touches, I think in the short term, he's still someone you're going to trust in your lineup, but I do think we're going to get to the point at some point in the season where Jameer Gibbs is the only running back you feel super confident starting into your lineup. I think David Montgomery will always be like a fringe running back to play, but I think they're both pretty solid starts here in week two. Now the next matchup, we have the Colts taking on the Texans. Not a super pretty matchup here. But uh, starting off with the Colts' backfield, we saw Deion Jackson dominate the usage and opportunities in Week 1. Definitely helped that Evan Hull went down with injury pretty early on in that game. But we saw Jackson take 6 of the 8 running back targets. He took 13 of the 16 running back carries. And I think that Deion Jackson is definitely playable if uh, Zach Moss isn't healthy for Week 2. But if Zach Moss is able to suit up, which it seemed like he had a shot to play in week one, Zach Moss had been the running back one kind of heading into the season. The idea is that he'd be the guy um, if he is healthy. So if Moss does play, I would pretty much not be interested in either of these guys. Could probably turn into a gross split. But if Zach Moss isn't healthy, we'll kind of monitor those reports. Then I think Deion Jackson definitely becomes more interesting. On the other side for the Texans, We got some very strange usage out of the uh, Texans backfield. Damian Pierce was someone who was used as a complete workhorse in the preseason. It looked like he was gonna have a three down roll locked up. And then the concern for Damian Pierce was like, maybe Devin Singletary comes in, he takes some of the receiving work. But then out of nowhere, here in week one, we have Mike Boone taking 32% of the snaps and then taking the majority of the two minute drill snaps. This was strange. This is definitely not good for Damian Pierce. I still think he's startable, but his overall ceiling is definitely going to be capped if that usage kind of continues. And then we also saw Devin Singletary kind of eating into the carries. So not great to be losing out on receiving work and carries to two different running backs. He's still definitely their lead back, and maybe he's able to kind of take some of that work back. But not a great start here for uh, Damian Pierce, especially just considering that this is not going to be a very good offense. So the touchdown upside is already limited. Now in the next matchup, we have the Chiefs taking on the Jaguars very fun matchup between those two teams. But looking at this Chiefs backfield, I don't think we can trust any of these running backs at this point. I know a lot of people were very high on Isaiah Pacheco heading into week one. I was pretty cautious on a lot of the running backs in ambiguous situations, but I did not feel great about starting Pacheco. I think I had him as a fringe option. A lot of people thought he was just going to come in and pick up exactly where he left off. But you have Jarek McKinnon there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire wasn't healthy when Isaiah Pacheco was putting together those strong performances, and we saw a pretty decent committee split here in this backfield. Pacheco did lead their running backs with a 48% snap share and a 42% raw participation, but if you're the leading running back and you're under 50% in those categories, it's not a great sign, and it's probably not a role you feel confident starting. He took 8 of the 14 running back carries. That's not getting it done. And then I'd say arguably the biggest red flag here for Isaiah Pacheco was the lack of goal line work. We saw Jarek McKinnon take both of the goal line snaps. If Pacheco doesn't have that touchdown upside, he hasn't been someone throughout his career who's been super involved as a pass catcher. Did see a little bit of an increase in that here in week one. But I think in general, we want to fade this running back room until one of these guys really starts to emerge as like the clear number one option. And then on the other side for the Jaguars, I definitely have Travis Etienne listed as a start. His usage in week one was great. I think if you drafted Travis Etienne, you should have anticipated him potentially losing out on either goal line work or receiving work. Like if you drafted him expecting a full huge three down workload, You might have been a little bit overly optimistic but i think he could definitely pay off if he didn't lose out on both of those things he ended up missing out on the goal line work with tank bigsby stealing a goal line touchdown but he did not miss out on the receiving work which was pretty huge and a little bit surprising to me because the jaguars didn't really want to commit to him as a pass catcher last year but they seem okay with it this year. Etienne had an 80% snap share, an 86% route participation, which is crazy at the running back position, and then a 17% target share, which was also really strong in week one. So if you drafted Travis Etienne, I feel like you should feel very good about him moving forward. I do have Tank Bigsby as a sit. I still think he's a solid waiver wire pickup, but right now he's not someone who has week to week, like flex value in your starting lineups. Now moving over to the Bears-Buccaneers matchup, Starting with this Bears backfield, the week one usage here was all over the place. All three of their running backs got 20 plus snaps. Roshan Johnson played 29 snaps. Herbert played 27. Foreman played 21. I think in an ideal game script, the Bears would have preferred to have Khalil Herbert lead in those uh, snaps. But I think that going down early to the Packers or you know, kind of going down big later on in the game led to more Roshan Johnson touches because he is more of that pass catching back. I just wouldn't want to be relying on any of these three heading into week two. Hopefully there are better options. I do think Roshan Johnson is a really strong waiver wire pickup, but I think he'll probably be more valuable towards the end of the season, um, assuming he's able to find some kind of separation in this backfield. And then for the Buccaneers, this was kind of a you know pro and con game from Rashad White. His workload was fantastic. Uh, 79% snap share, 55% route participation, took 17 of the 24 running back carries. The problem is his rushing yards over-expected was really poor. So even though he got that huge workload, he definitely didn't make the most of it. You're just kind of hoping he can retain that role because if he can retain that same usage, he's going to be a great option moving forward. But if he continues to kind of struggle and not make the most of those opportunities, then you could see a guy like Sean Tucker kind of slide in and end up taking some work from him. But I do think right now you should feel good about starting Rashad White in your lineups. Moving over to the Chargers-Titans matchup. I think the Chargers' backfield was super interesting. Obviously, Austin Eckler is a locked-in start every single week. That's obviously assuming that he's healthy and good to go. I believe he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. But if Eckler is healthy and good to go, I still think Joshua Kelly is like the interesting piece in this backfield. I have him listed as a fringe option. He played on 48% of the snaps. He had a 40% raw participation. He matched Eckler with 16 carries. This was like a rushing game that was not super prevalent for the Chargers last season. Both these guys were super efficient. On that Chargers offense, I think that type of usage, like nearly 50% of the snaps, also involves as a pass catcher. At least you're running a lot of routes. I think he only had one target, but you know that could kind of balance out throughout the season. I definitely think he's a potential flex option. And if Austin Eckler is not good to go for this game, I think Joshua Kelly's probably a top 10 running back on the week. So definitely someone to keep your eye on and definitely someone to kind of go and target off of uh, waivers. And then on the other side, we have the Titans. And another kind of interesting backfield usage, rookie Tajay Spears in his NFL debut outsnapped Derrick Henry. Don't worry, Derrick Henry still dominated the opportunities and is definitely a clear start. But Tajay Spears is definitely someone who should be on everyone's radar. He should not be sitting around on waivers. Maybe he's able to increase this workload. I think in certain game scripts where they go down early, he's probably gonna be more involved as a pass catcher, which is very interesting for fantasy. So definitely someone to keep an eye on there. Now, in the next game, we have the Giants taking on the Cardinals. And starting with the Giants here, you know, nothing crazy. Fire up Saquon Barkley, expecting the Giants to bounce back here after a brutal Sunday night football performance. But I'd feel very good about Saquon in my lineup. And then for the Cardinals here with James Conner, he pretty much picked up exactly where he left off last season. Just complete workhorse of this backfield. 84% snap share, 83% route participation. He took 14 of the 19 running back carries. And then he was very involved as a pass catcher. Obviously, the efficiency is probably going to be a struggle throughout the season. The touchdown upside is not going to be there. But volume is king. He's going to catch passes, especially in PPR. Half-point PPR scoring, that'll help. I think he's definitely a startable option. You're just kind of hoping he doesn't end up losing out on that usage to a guy like Keontae Ingram. You're just kind of hoping they continue to force feed him like they have over the past two seasons next up is going to be the 49ers taking on the rams i did want to talk about christian McCaffrey here obviously he's a start but i think if there was any concern that you could have had about christian McCaffrey heading into the season it was that in the games where he played alongside elijah mitchell where elijah mitchell was healthy the 49ers did have a pretty decent split going between those guys his uh splits without elijah mitchell he was averaging close to 30 points per game With Elijah Mitchell, he was sub-20 points per game. I actually think he was like in the 15-point-per-game area, which is obviously not what you're expecting if he's being drafted as the running back one. But there was no split with Elijah Mitchell in this week one performance. Christian McCaffrey had an 85% snap share and an 85% route participation. He took 22 of the 27 running back carries, Um, And then four targets. So 26 total opportunities. His usage was fantastic. And I think he has to be the locked in running back one overall moving forward. And obviously you're starting him. and then uh, sitting Elijah Mitchell. And then on the other side with the Rams, This is going to be Kyron Williams' backfield, at least after what we saw in week one. He had a 65% snap share to Cam Akers, 35%. He had a 74% raw participation to Cam Akers, 10%. We did see Cam Akers out-carry him 22 to 15, but a huge chunk of those kind of came late in the game where the score was already iced. I think Cam Akers logged uh, eight carries in the final four minutes. So if we're not including like the blowout factor, they were also pretty much even in carries throughout the game. This is gonna be a very tough matchup against the 49ers. So I have Kyron Williams as a fringe option, Cam Akers as a sit. I don't think Cam Akers is playable. Like with that split we saw last week, that's not good. Especially in a matchup where they're probably gonna be trailing, you would assume that Kyron Williams being the receiving guy is gonna be more involved and that's obviously why I favor him here. I do think there's a shot the Rams just get totally shut down, which is the concern, but I still think Kyron Williams is someone who's a fringe option, and if this usage sticks into week three, week four, I definitely think Kyron Williams will be a startable running back in your lineups. In the next game, we have the Jets taking on the Cowboys, and for the Jets here, gotta start it off with Brees Hall. He is back, only played 33% of the snaps, only had a 23% route participation, but he managed to turn 10 carries and two targets into 147 yards from scrimmage. Brees Hall was one of my favorite values in fantasy. I mean, before he had the setback and before they uh, signed Alvin Cook, and then after I was still very in on Brees Hall, have a lot of shares of him in my redraft leagues. Obviously, the loss of Aaron Rodgers probably for the season is a huge blow just due to his ceiling and his overall upside. I mean, if Rodgers was healthy and we just saw this performance out of Brees Hall, he's a guy who could have delivered top five, top three upside throughout the season. That's probably going to be scaled back a little bit um, unless the uh, Jets are able to make some you know, crazy quarterback move. But there's just no way we could see what we saw out of him yesterday. And for me not to list him as a start here. I think his workload is still going to be limited but he should continue to build on what we saw last week and he's not a guy who needs a ton of touches we saw it his rookie season he was in a committee uh, at least early on and was still delivering you really solid production there's no doubt he's the best running back on this team even in his first game back from a torn acl the only limitation will be you know how the jets want to ease him back into his workload but this is not going to be a situation where it's like delvin cook is stealing touches Brees Hall is going to get his when the Jets believe he is healthy. So I do have Brees Hall listed as a start. And then I have Dalvin Cook as a sit. Even if these guys are getting similar opportunities, I just think Brees Hall is the far more explosive player. I think he has more receiving upside. And I think after what the Jets saw out of him in week one, I have to imagine they're also just going to favor him getting like the most important snaps. Like if he's somewhat limited, he should be getting a lot of the receiving work. He should be getting the goal line opportunities. So I think they'll probably make that shift. So I will be sitting Dalvin Cook here. I just don't think he has the same juice as Brees Hall to kind of pay off with a limited workload. For the Cowboys, Tony Pollard, no-brainer. Workhorse role without Zeke. Locked in start to your lineups. Now we're going to have the Commanders taking on the Broncos. And I was pretty surprised with how the Commanders used this backfield. In the preseason, we saw them pretty much go 50-50 with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. That is not what we saw here in week one. Brian Robinson outcarried Gibson nineteen to thirteen. He ran more routes than Antonio Gibson, which was pretty surprising. If we're assuming that that usage sticks, he's definitely going to be a very viable start. Um, I think this is probably a game that's going to be pretty competitive. Probably a gross matchup here between the Commanders and the Broncos. So I think Brian Robinson is a start. If you drafted Antonio Gibson obviously massive hit to his value. It doesn't look like he's the lead back or even in like a 50-50 split, but I still think he's rosterable. We don't know. This could, you know, switch throughout the season. It's not like Brian Robinson is a world beater at the running back position. He also possesses some handcuff value. So I still think Gibson should be on rosters, but definitely should not be started. On the other side of this matchup with the Broncos backfield, we saw pretty much an even split between these running backs. Both of them played 29 snaps. Javante took more work on the ground, 13 carries to uh, Pirine's eight, but then we saw Samaje Pirine a little bit more involved as a pass catcher. He ran five more routes than Javante Williams, even though they were pretty even in terms of you know snaps, their opportunities. I still view Javante as the better option moving forward. I think coming off his ACL tear, He's going to continue to improve on his workload, which, you know, should be eating into Samaje's opportunities. So I like Javante as a start this week, but they are probably going to be pretty close together in my overall rankings. I still think Samaje Piran is a fringe option, especially with the solid receiving usage we saw out of him. Now, moving over to the Dolphins-Patriots divisional matchup here, I have Raheem Mostert as a start. Didn't do anything crazy in week one, but the usage was solid. 74% snap share, 68% raw participation. He took 77% of their running back carries. So I think he's a nice start as running back to play. And then for the Patriots, to be totally honest, at first glance, when I was just you know looking at the box score, I was a little bit concerned about the split between Ramondre and Zeke, like just the overall number of opportunities they were getting, carries, targets, all of it. But once I dove a little bit deeper into like the snap counts, Ramondre was out there on 73% of snaps. Zeke was only out there on 35%. So that's good for Ramondre. He also had a 60% route participation, which is pretty encouraging. So I think this was just a spot where, you know, Zeke, not that he lucked into touches, but you know, he kind of took advantage of it probably had more opportunities than you would normally see with the number of snaps he was playing. I still think Ramondre Stevenson should be a very solid running back one moving forward, probably like a fringe running back one in your fantasy lineups. Moving over to the Saints taking on the Panthers, starting off with Jamal Williams here in a game without both Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara. We saw him have a 75% snap share. 63% raw participation. He took 18 of the 19 running back carries. We still have Kamara suspended here in week two. Kendra Miller's injured. Who knows if he gives it a go this week. Even if he does, I still think we should be looking at a very large Jamal Williams workload. So I think he's a nice start here in week one. And then obviously we're also going to be sitting Kendra Miller on the other side with Miles Sanders. I will say Miles Sanders was not like the clear workhorse the Panthers had promised. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be like this huge three-down workhorse in pretty much the entire game. That is not what we saw, but he still had a very strong workload. He only had a 57% snap share and a 50% route participation. If you told me that was his usage in week one on this Panthers offense, I would not feel confident at all. But he managed to turn that usage into 18 carries and four targets. When we just look at this Panthers offense, they are significantly lacking in the weapons department. You look at that wide receiver room, Adam Thielen, Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo's like their you know potential rookie upside guy. That is a very, very weak wide receiver room. Hayden Hurst had a day, but like he's not some sort of top tight end option. So it means they're going to have to rely on Miles Sanders. He's going to shoulder a pretty decent workload. I don't think he's going to be a super efficient option, and the touchdown upside probably isn't going to be great, but I do think he's someone who's startable as like a back-end running back too, just based on the likely workload he's going to have week-to-week. And then i believe this is the final game of the week monday night football browns taking on the steelers starting off with the browns here obviously nick chubb is a locked in start in your lineup jerome ford did see a decent uh, role on the ground i think a lot of that was later on in the game where they kind of already had it sealed but he's definitely a nice handcuff option you know to potentially look at off of waivers but obviously nick chubb is the guy you want in this lineup and then for the steelers here I'll be starting Najee Harris, sitting Jalen Warren. Just an overall terrible week one from the Steelers, especially offensively. I guess honestly, both offensively and defensively. Najee played 52% of the snaps. Jalen Warren played 40. Jalen Warren actually had more opportunities with nine compared to Najee Harris's eight. I'm someone who's been very high on Jalen Warren and very low on Najee Harris, but I still think that Najee is going to retain the running back one role. I just think they, you know, got lit up early on. They were playing from behind. It kind of favored Jalen Warren. And honestly, neither of them were overly involved in that game. Um, but I do think if you drafted Najee Harris round two, round three, probably round three territory, I feel like you gotta feel like he's a massive bust at this point. Not saying that, you know, just this one week is gonna tank him, but if you drafted Najee Harris, especially like, you know, top three rounds. You were kind of banking on him returning to that rookie season workload, because he's never been a super efficient guy, and it does not look like that rookie season workload's gonna be here. So Najee Harris, I still think he's a start, should have a decent workload, but I do think his upside is very, very capped, and he's probably more of like a gross mid to back end RB2 at this point. Maybe he bounces back and shuts me up but we'll uh, have to wait and see for the uh, week three video. But that is going to wrap it up for every single week two running back matchup. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Check out my wide receiver video, which is coming out today also. Uh, Potentially could already be uploaded by the time you're watching this. But thank you all again, and I will see you in the next one.